0: Uh, I just wanted to uh, let you know that we have suspended services for this coming Sunday also on April the 5th. And so we're gonna continue to provide the study guide a family worship guide, and a playlist and sermon on Facebook and YouTube. And so th- that will kind of continue to give you opportunity uh, to do all the things that we um, desire for you to do. And also, uh, just know that your community groups will be uh, reaching out to you. And if you're not in a community group, we have someone that's reaching out to you. And if you if there's anything that you need, just please let us know. We would be happy to help you. We would love to help you. If you have someone in your neighborhood that has a need and that you think our church could... Help them in some way we would love to do so again uh, reach out to your community group leader or those who are contacting you or you can contact me would love for to help you in any way uh, also just praying that you would be a light in the community we know that you have uh, uh, opportunities to do so and I've already heard of people doing that I want you to continue to do that and so just want to encourage you in those things uh, we're going to be um, in Romans chapter 8 verses 18 through 25 uh, this morning and so if you would just pray with me as we get started. Father we thank you for your word for the opportunity we have to uh, know you. We ask for your um, guidance and direction as we seek to do uh, what would be pleasing to you and that is to unpack this um, passage together and I just pray Lord that you would open our eyes to see it more clearly than we have before and we pray the truths would be moved uh, moving in our hearts we would desire and seek uh, to be pleasing to you in all that we do in christ's name amen Uh, last week uh, in romans chapter 8 verses 14 through 17 remember we said that those who are led by the spirit are sons Uh, these sons are brought into the kingdom by spiritual birth and uh, that is evidenced in in the way that they follow the Spirit. And they seek to be pleasing uh, to God. And they are being led and guided and directed by the Spirit. Uh, these people have uh, been adopted into the family. They've received the gift of uh, eternal life. And they, they've been brought into the family. Uh, and this gift that they've received is, is something that they know that they have, not just for a little while, but it's an eternal Gift. This adoption comes with uh, the promise of God, and so since God doesn't lie, that is a reality that they experience. Uh, the privileges of sonship is another thing we addressed. Uh, there are seven different privileges that we spoke of. Security, authority, intimacy, assurance inheritance discipline and family likeness those are all like present possessions that have a future uh, an eternal future that we look forward to and so we kind of understand that when we're looking at these um, blessings and these privileges the last two are going to deal with things that we um, are dealing with on earth with regard to the discipline of god and him like conforming us to the image of his son those things are things that are ongoing in a in a very um sometimes it's a difficult way and so we understand that some of those things that we are going to face and experience in this life some of the troubles that we face are part of what it means to uh, be growing into likeness. and so we talked about that last week but we just wanted to remind you of that um, the fullness of the benefits though that we looked at for the most part when you're looking at all these you could say uh, these are not fully realized. We're awaiting the fullness of them. And so as we await, uh, we we trust the Lord that he is going to bring to pass all that he has promised us. So today you might um, say, I know I'm a son. I know I'm a son. But right now, I feel forsaken. My, right now, I feel frightened. Uh, right now, I'm a little bit panicked. I mean, th- there are a lot of different things you could say. Right now, when I thought that kind of I was... In a place of like control, I feel out of control. Uh, so all of those things, kind of for you, maybe you say, "I I know that God says I'm a son. I know that I need to press into that adoption, Jared. I know I need to see that and savor that." But man, right now is a very difficult time for me. Some of you may even be um, thinking of like more serious things, where you're you're considering like, "I know that I, you know, I have these." things that are making my life difficult but i also am. we're still worried i'm still worried about my health i'm still worried about my financial status i'm worried about my job and all these things that that might be maybe at the top of our list of worries we need to consider uh, not only these promises that we are sons but also we need to figure out and or, or think through what does it look like in the present as we await the future what what is our life going to look like? And that's what we're talking about today. It's like we may face and will face suffering in this life, but it's the pathway to glory. And that's today the kind of the main thrust of it. As we are guided by the spirit, uh, Revelation speaks of like through the wilderness, as we're guided by the spirit in these wilderness kind of wonderings, what does it look like in the present? And, and what are we to do as we fill our hearts with glory? What is that going to, how are we going to think about that and think clearly about it? I was thinking this week about um, how from the standpoint of just uh, knowing that you're adopted, yet not fully experiencing all the the glories of that. What would that look like? And it reminded me of a story from a strong advocate among evangelicals regarding adoption, this guy Russell Moore. And he spoke of this on multiple occasions he has around the country, but also he's written a book and he just talks about... Like when he went to adopt his two sons from Russia, uh, he he went and and he, he signed all the papers and he, he did all the things that he had to do. And those son- boys were legally his sons. But what happened was uh, when he walked into the orphanage to take those boys, and they were tiny, they were very small uh they he said the smell was horrible there was a stench in there it was a very uh situation that was very uh frightening in some ways for a child it would be and and any but but as he picked those boys up they began to cry because they had never heard or they never had really seen him they maybe have seen him but never really experienced life with him and so they were frightened even though they were in a horrible situation He said as he walked out of that orphanage that he was whispering in their ear, I'm your dad, you have a new name, there's a home prepared for you, there's more love for you than you ever imagined, you have all the rights and privileges of being a son, and the blessings in store for you, although you don't know what that's like now, the blessings in store for you when we get home are going to be absolutely astonishing. And this is kind of the way I would see this today, because sometimes we say, I know, okay, I believe, I'm a son, I've trusted in Christ, I'm following the Lord, I'm I'm yielding to the Spirit. But in the midst of that, Like I'm feeling a lot of like pain right now or sorrow or or I'm fearful. And it's almost like the Lord whispers to you, don't you see the glory that is to come? Do you believe in that? Are you trusting in that? Are you hoping in that? Are you looking forward to it? And so I would say today just kind of that's um, the way I would look at this and say everyone who's put their hope in Christ should know three things after we're done today. One is, they should know that the present suffering that we face cannot compare to the future glory that is to be revealed. Second, they should know that creation is longing for that glory and will experience. And third, we should know that we are longing. We should be longing. If we're not, but we're longing for that day when we will be uh, all that the Lord has promised that we will be. So let's look at verse 18 and think about the present suffering that cannot compare to the future glory. So verse 18 says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So sometimes you think about this and and when I think about it, it's like, okay, how, how do we put this together? What, what is Paul saying? It's not worthy to be compared. It, it, it's a way kind of, if you were to think about it, is like this suffering that he's speaking of has a time limit. This suffering, it has an end date. It's going to come to an end. It's not going to last forever. It's temporary, but the future glory it it goes on forever and ever and ever. Jesus said, "I go to prepare a place for you and will come again and receive you unto myself that where you or that where I am you may be also." Now, if you were to think about glory in the context of this passage, sometimes you think about weight and other times like brilliance in the Bible. But if you were just to think about it in terms of weight for a moment, if you were to put your suffering on one side of a scale and then on the other side, the glory that's to come, what would happen is, like, immediately you would say, oh, my word, like, my suffering, it it has nothing to compare. There's no way to compare it to the glory to be revealed. I thought about my four-year-old Samuel. He's, he's very light, you know, and when I was a kid, we'd play on a seesaw, and sometimes you would have these, uh, a larger kid or whatever that would sit on one side, and, and immediately... Uh, the sides would, would break over. And it it's just a, one of those kind of reminders So a large person just going to sit down on a seesaw and he's going, hold on just a second, I can't move, I can't move. The weight of that glory is shocking. Now, um, when you're thinking about that, you're saying like this is, s- the future glory is so much greater than the present suffering that it should, in your mind, like allow that to be swallowed up. And that's hard for us sometimes because we just can't get a glimpse of glory. But I think that's one of the things Paul's doing, he's saying, remember, you have been adopted. You're a legally a part of the family, but you're awaiting the fullness of that. And so right now, there's a present suffering that you're experiencing as you await and look forward to the future. So it's not just it's not just uh us that's kind of dealing with that verse 19 says and as you move forward through this that creation is longing for glory and will experience it verse 19 says for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god it's creation is is eagerly expecting this to take place for for the 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 revealing of the sons of god it probably has it's kind of the idea you could say of like this public display of the sons of god being transformed and being changed. It's they're they're longing for the renewal of the people of god because just like with the the earth when man fell it was plunged into ruin. So when man is those who are redeemed or restored, it's going to be restored likewise. And so I think that's just a very powerful thing when when we become, like the scripture says, when you see him, you will be like him. When, when that takes place, creation will also experience this glorious um, transformative kind of uh, work that's going to happen to it. So in verse 20, it says, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope uh, and In this picture, I think it takes you back to well, in this passage to Romans five, but also back to Genesis three, and you say when again when the human race fell, the created order had some kind of fall that took place, and I I think about um, this sometimes where you kind of like you can see the earth under this pressure under this. This struggle. I mean, you can see that. You can see somewhat of like the futility of just the fighting within this created world. And and you can even see some of the things that are going on around you where you think like, you know, I know Adam and Eve were supposed to be in the garden and there was this harmony and unity and all that stuff. And, and there's this kind of like picture of like, when we look at things, you think there's part of the creation that frightens us. And at the same time, you will see the creation that is fearful of us and I, I think that's kind of on display it's like the, the creation is going through this grind and you and i both know and see that or are aware of it and, and and we know that because of the fall because of the fall of man that even the ground was cursed and the scripture uh, clearly unveils that for us in genesis 3. Uh, verse 21 says that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. And so it is, it's like um, this, uh, you could say that creation is undergoing this death and decomposition all the time. Uh, Recently, where there's this trail by our house and we walk down it all the time. And recently an animal uh, died. And as a result, like we, I mean, this the smell is is with us when we're on our trail you know and we're walking along we can smell it and you're just like oh man it's decomposing and although you might say well we know eventually it's going to go back into the soil and it's going to uh produce a thing of beauty and all that kind of thing there there is that element to when we've been walking by that and i smell the smell i i realize like Death is happening and decomposition is happening. And and really, like, if you were to study the whole universe and you study the earth or whatever, you'll hear people talk about things being deteriorated over time. It's running down. It's losing energy. There's this kind of thing that we're kind of asking ourselves, like, what is going to happen to this created realm? Well, we know that it's under God's curse. And so it is facing... Uh, uh, corruption right now we, we see that on display and it's longing it's yearning for uh, the transformative work that God will do when he totally ushers us into the fullness of our adoption and that's kind of the picture you would see verse uh, 22 for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now And, um, you know, when you're thinking about that, when you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, creation is groaning and and you and you can think about like the pains of childbirth. Actually, last night uh, we were talking with our boys and uh, I was saying, you know, like the joy that we had when y'all were born, like just kind of took away all of the the pains of childbearing, and my wife was like, what are you talking about? I still was, I was thinking about that yesterday, you know, how painful that was. But it is a reminder that there's kind of this, that's what creation's doing, it's groaning, and so, but it's not It's not groaning in such a way that where it's like uh, going away, it's almost like it's not just dying and then it will cease to exist. There is this groaning that is birthing forth a new life, and, and a, a new creation, a restoration. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to know. Uh, I, I believe it was Tim Keller that said, instead of frustration, there will be fulfillment. Instead of decay, there will be strength and newness. Instead of pain, there will be joy. And so the creation is groaning now, but it will not groan forever. And so I think, again, as we're thinking about our present situation, as we think about whatever suffering we may be facing or whatever perceived suffering we may face or whatever it might be, when we're considering that, we're saying, listen, go back. The scripture tells us clearly you've been adopted. You are legally adopted. You you, you don't have to fear that. You don't have to wonder if that is true. You you, you, You possess that now. Those are eternal blessings that you will experience the fullness of. You don't have all that now, but it's coming. And like the little boys that I mentioned earlier, the the dad is carrying them out and whispering in their ear, you don't understand, you have a new name, you have a new place, it's more glorious than you've ever imagined. Whenever you and I are saying, like, oh my goodness, the suffering in the present, the struggles in the present, the fears in the present, what we're saying is, yeah, not only are you feeling that, but the creation is feeling that. Creation is in rebellion rebellion if you will creation is in decline and there's a destruction taking place but it's not the end for the creation it's ultimately birthing forth a new creation and all this will take place as you'll see here when we experience the fullness of glory know that we should be we should be longing for glory and will experience it. And that's what you see in these uh, last verses here. Verse 23 through 25. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we uh, await eagerly the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Like creation, we are looking forward to glory. Really, the pressure sometimes of this life presses on us in such a way that it allows us to see clearly what we're really looking forward to to so what do we have in the present though like yeah that's kind of the question for us and I was like how am I gonna make it through if if suffering is a part of being a child of God if suffering is a part of our child uh, uh, rearing if you will as God raises us up it, how am I going to kind of move forward and stay faithful and and, and be to, you know with the Lord till the end what you see here is we have the first fruits of the spirit now, and what's that saying is the spirit is with us now it's a taste of what is to come to know that his power is with us, that he's guiding us, that he's leading us through the through all kinds of troubles that he is strengthening us, that he is enlightening us to truth and helping us to understand and empowering us to live in a way that would bring honor and glory to him we are not just left here to say well we'll try to make it to the end we are left with the the, or the spirit has been given to us so that we might walk in a way that would be pleasing to god so as we walk in the power of the spirit with gratitude in our hearts we also at the same time groan inwardly as we await uh, eagerly this full adoption it's like we get a glimpse the, the lord says to you like do you understand do you understand you've been adopted into the family? It's It's been done. All, all the papers have been signed. You, you, you've been secured. Like everything, there's nothing left undone. I promise you. And then we have this waiting period as we await the fullness of that adoption. It's kind of like you've heard people say about the kingdom. It's already, but not yet. It is already... Um, was something that we have experienced, but we have not yet experienced the fullness of it, and that's how we have to see our adoption. Verse 24 or verse 23, you'll see here it says, The redemption of our bodies. It, it's the God has worked this work in us and brought us from death to life, and yet the fullness of that is not seen and we still suffer we still struggle our bodies are still craving after sin our bodies still can face corruption but all of that will be one day done away with and we will be renewed both body and soul forever and so i think it's important that we understand that that we grasp that when we're looking at these things now You'll notice in verse 24 and 25, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we will wait for it with patience. So this is there's a strong connection here between like you're believing and hoping. Sometimes people will say things like, well, I hope this happens, and I hope we get this, and I hope this happens next. And I, and we, we say all the time, hope, hope, hope. But that's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is assurance. Biblical hope is a hope that is sure. Hebrews 11 one says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Biblical hope is a hope that will be realized it's a hope that we can be assured of it's a hope that that you can know without a shadow of a doubt that God has said he would do it and he will bring it to pass so I think that's important like and as you kind of come to the end of this you say listen when we look at these things and we're looking at these verses we, we can say not only is is like this present suffering this present trouble going to be far surpassed by the glory that's to be revealed. But God's going to like bring glory not just to us, but also to creation. So it will be a restored people in a restored place living under God's rule forever. And that's just an astonishing truth. And so as we wait, we wait in hope. And we wait patiently as we look forward to the day when God's perfect timing is he will bring all these things to pass. So, in your present life, you could say in what ways or what areas am I groaning uh, and longing for the return and and how does how does like looking forward to the glory help like bring my mind and heart uh to the Lord and and how does it help me kind of move past these present circumstances that I'm in? And hopefully over time, as you think through that, uh, you will see in more, in greater measure than ever before the great hope that we have, and you will see it and savor it and treasure it uh, for all the days of your life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray for um, a heart of wisdom to receive what you have said in, in Romans 8. And we, we just thank you for it for how uh, gracious you've been to us in, in revealing these wonderful truths that we can hope in and be sure of. In Christ's name, amen.